Hello and welcome to this week's Grazia Life Advice podcast. It's brilliant as always to have you with us. This week's six life tips come from a social media star and entrepreneur with a following of more than 4 million worldwide. Hello, my name is Patricia Bright and I'm an online content creator with a new show coming out. And I'm this week's guest on Grazia's Life Advice podcast. She is already a big star, but she's about to get even bigger with her new YouTube original series, If I Could Tell You Just One Thing. It's created by Hillary Clinton's production company, Hidden Light, and coming out soon on September 9th. Honestly, it's been transformative for me since recording. I've been, you know, spent about four, five months recording this, and I've changed as a person based on these encounters that I've had with these amazing women. To have come so far and done so well, you'd expect her to be all about success, but no, Patricia says failing is what pushes you forward. Oh, I love failure. Okay. Like, (laughs) it sounds crazy and maybe a bit sadistic, but when things go wrong for me, that thing will never happen again. So at least I've I've got that done. I've dealt with that. It's happened. Also coming up, and this is music to my ears, Patricia thinks we should all be taking our sleep more seriously. I said like sleep should be like a professional job for Mm. certain people. Like people teaching us how to sleep better should be a job. You can't be good if you don't get the rest that you need. It's yet another set of excellent life tips from a woman who's really worth listening to. So let's get into it. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Patricia. How are you today? Hi, Rhiannon. Lovely to see you today. I'm good. Thank you. Uh, I've been watching your YouTube series today. Um, It's a new series. It's a YouTube originals and it's called If I Could Tell You just one thing. So it's out, I've had a sneak peek, it's out Thursday 9th of September. Can you just explain what it's about? It's really interesting. It's about kind of connecting with these amazing women who've done amazing things in their life and then asking them this just one piece of advice that they have found valuable for them, maybe in their career or for the moment. And me kind of taking that on board and applying it maybe to myself in the long run. Yeah, it's really interesting because it's a mix of, you know, them, but also you, you're a big part of it as well. And it's kind of about how it affects your life. I thought that was really interesting how you kind of do learn bits and bobs from these women, don't you? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's been transformative for me since recording. I've been, you know, spent about four, five months recording this and I've changed as a person based on these pieces of advice and these encounters that I've had with these amazing women. Like it's mad to see how it's actually like transformed me. Yeah, an incredible list of guests you've got as well. So Baroness Fluella Benjamin, I watched that one. That was great. Nicola Coughlin from uh, Bridgerton. But you've got like Joan Collins, Catherine Ryan, Molly May. It's such a great mix. It's a great mix of people who I know as well in the online space and people I don't know. And what was so interesting is, is like when I was filming with these people is that you saw people from different generations know who they were. Mm. And when I met with Baroness Floella Benjamin, we went, oh my God, I can't remember where we went to, but we went to a, a great location and we were outside. And just to see the different generations of people who loved her yeah. was like amazing. And then I went out with Molly May and, you know, we had the same kind of encounter. It was just so powerful. Yeah. And as well as great women in front of the camera, the the whole thing is produced by Hidden Light Productions, which if people don't know is, you know, just a few people, Sam Branson, Chelsea Clinton and Hillary Clinton. I mean, how exciting is it to work with names like that? 
it's so exciting to be part of something like that and to have this opportunity come my way. It's like pretty crazy. But I didn't get the chance to meet Hillary just then. Okay. Um, but we're fine. <laughs> You're working on it. You're we're working on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, if people don't know a lot about you, if people aren't as much in the YouTube space, you're absolutely huge. You know, you have 4 million followers. You've done TED Talks. I mean, was it interesting for you? I mean, I know these are, these are sitting on YouTube, but to go into more, it's kind of more like traditional TV shows, aren't they? The little half hour shows. They're really nice. Yeah. So this format is completely different. Mm. So I have been an online content creator for 10 years. I self shoot a lot. I shoot at home. I bring the camera with me on my everyday basis. Whereas this is actually a production, which is based in a more traditional TV format, but with that air of connecting with the online space by using people like myself and a shorter format. Mm. But we had an amazing crew with us and I was kind of taken into the deep end of what it's like to film a show. And I think it like hats off to people who do TV (laughs) because it's not easy. It was really like, you know, a lot of effort, but I really appreciated what I learned from doing it. Yeah. So you started off in finance, you've done, you've done beauty, you've done fashion, you talk about career and now you're doing this. I mean, what's next for you or do you just like to keep it really open? I mean, for me, I really want to move down the the route of like really working on more on my businesses. Mm-hmm. I have a number of different businesses and I consider myself to be an entrepreneur, but also I've been very forward facing for a long time as an influencer. But I really am trying to focus on bringing a lot of those projects to life by using my platform, but also just traditional um, business development is something that I'm focused on doing more. Yeah, I mean, you've got such a breadth of knowledge and having spoken to these great women, I'm excited to hear your pieces of advice. So shall we go straight in? What's your first piece of best advice? So my first piece of best advice is um, feel the fear and do it anyway. This is actually the title of a book by Suzanne Jeffers. And I've lived by this for many, many years. And it's a great driver for me. And I think for many others as well. So when you say feel the fear and do it anyway, how does that apply like day to day? I mean, does it start, is it little things every day? Is that big things in your life? Exactly that. It's little things every day. And I've actually realized that when I feel like fearful or nervous about something, that's usually the sign for me to do it. And rather than like hide from that fear and avoid that feeling of uncomfortableness, I usually lean into it because that is what I you know, what that statement says, it says, feel the fear and do it anyway. So it might be speaking to someone, it might be making a phone call, it might be um, doing a booking, it might be putting money into something. Um, But I I literally whisper that to myself before I do something nerve wracking all the time. Do you You have it as like a mantra? It's literally a mantra. And it's, it's made me do so many things that I wouldn't have wanted to do in the past. Okay. So are you big into kind of self-help books, business books? Do you, are you someone who crowdsources a lot of that or is it just this, does this one something that really sticks out for you? It's just that one. It's just that one statement (laughs) to be honest with you. And like, I love reading. Um, And I I think I've read a few self-help books there, but that statement I think is just such an easy one to remember because we all feel fearful and nervous and it's natural. Mm. Um, But I think that people who end up kind of making strides are the ones who embrace that feeling and continue despite it. Yeah. 
Specifically in your life, what is a moment when you can really look to and you think, I would never have done that had I not known and thought this piece of advice? Is there any like any projects you think I wouldn't have done this ever? I mean, it's like starting a YouTube channel, really? putting myself out there to people I don't know who might not like me, yeah. who might have bad things to say. I, I felt very awkward about doing it I put a lot of videos on private I didn't tell anyone I was doing it you know I started 10 years ago where it wasn't what it is today but I did it anyway I quit my job when when I was realizing I I was you know doing well um online but I had no guarantees I was very nervous about quitting my job but I did it anyway and every time I kind of took those steps it's kind of paid off for me Yeah, fantastic. I love that one. And your second piece of advice is to fail fast. Can you just explain what you mean by that? (laughs) Fail fast. I got this from like an old manager or something. And he was like, it's fine if things go wrong, just try it out. And if it fails, just let it hurry up and fail quickly. Because from every failure you learn, um, where sometimes it's a case of, Something could be going very wrong and you let that thing continue to go wrong for like 10 years. Right. Listen, you don't need to let that happen. Just fail fast and like, just deal with it. Like, um, And I think it applies to business. It can apply to relationships. Mm-hmm. It can apply to so many different things. Um, but I think the concept here is you still have to try something, even if that thing's going to go wrong, except if that thing goes wrong and move on to the next. I mean, you from the outside just look like you've gone from strength to strength over the last 10 years. I mean, have you had big failures behind the scenes or in front oh, of I've the scenes? Oh, I've had big failures. <laughs> oh, I've had so many failures. Oh, I feel like I've had more failures than I've had wins. Really? <laughs> yeah, things going wrong, things not going as planned, lawsuits happening, <laughs> um, losing, losing contracts. Like things happen bad all the time. But I think that, I kind of have learned to like not let them get in the way of the overall positive trajectory, Okay, you know? So everything goes up, but there's definitely going to be blips along the way. Yeah. You just don't want them for to be for too long. <laughs> Interesting that obviously from the outside, I'm like, well, you seem to be super mega successful, you know, even questioning whether you've had that kind of big failures in your past. You know, that social media YouTube world does sometimes make people think that everything's great, doesn't it, with other people? Yeah, yeah. I think there's an element of on social media and online that people only show the highlights, right? We don't always show when things go wrong. But for instance, I I showed when I was made redundant online. I showed when I broke up with a boyfriend online. I've cried online. Um, In my, you know, 10 years of being online, people have seen when things have gone very wrong for me. So there is, you know, there is an element of sharing, but yeah, we don't probably see that enough. We see a lot of people's highlights. Yeah. versus everything. And are you one of those people that now says that you have learned from failure? Do you mind failure? I mean, some people just still absolutely hate it. I mean, I know we're now we're supposed to accept it, aren't we? But Oh, I love failure. Okay. Like, <laughs> it sounds crazy and maybe a bit sadistic, but when things go wrong for me, like, I will, that thing will never happen again. Okay. So at least I've, I've got that done. I've dealt with that. It's happened. Like, I've learned from that thing. Okay. You know, you know, I had a, like a legal issue and it was terrible. And it's like, basically stopped me in my track for two years. Yeah. But then 
learning and the the skills that I've picked up from a law perspective, I mean that I'm protected, that if anything ever comes up again, I'll know what to do. And 99%, I'm 99% likely to make sure that that doesn't happen again because I've now learned why that happened. Yeah, so failing fast and making sure you learn from it. The issue I guess people have is if you keep making the same mistakes, that can feel frustrating. Yeah, but that means that you're probably not learning from them. (laughs) And, you know, you will put your failures out there, you'll learn from them. You kind of are in a bit of a position of responsibility, you know, having a lot of followers, but also being, you know, setting yourself up as, you know, talking about career, work, life. You know, do you worry about that and advising people and... Well, I don't provide specific advice. No. I share more of my anecdotal stories. And also I, I share knowledge that is public domain. Yeah. And even like one of the things that I've shared about is the fact that, you know, I was fined by HMRC for not paying my taxes, right? That's a huge failure, yeah. right? That's something that might happen to so many business owners early on in their career and they wouldn't be aware and would be too embarrassed to share. But if I share that story now to a young girl or young woman who's starting out in business, she's not going to make that mistake. So I provided some form of service in a way by sharing that failure that I had. And of course, I'm very careful. I don't promote any platforms or crazy trading behavior Mm. or risky, risky action. I kind of just share my truths. Yeah, absolutely. Your third piece of advice is to look on the bright side. So tell me about that. Yes, I got that from um, Dame Joan Collins. um, (laughs) Just name drop there. (laughs) Just name dropping her. Who's absolutely amazing. Who's had such a breadth of a career and has dealt with like, I mean, we won't see it now because we see her as Dame Joan Collins. But uh, in her day, she was judged and criticized and called so many terms and has, you know, had a couple of marriages and things that didn't go well. But from her experience, that's what she says where she is in her career and with all the things she's dealt with. I think that most of us should try and do that a little bit more. And I think it ties into the concept of gratitude. And I know it's annoying and a bit, you know, self-helpy, but gratitude is an amazing skill to like try to have on a daily basis Mm -hmm. as well as looking on the bright side so explain what you mean by that do you when you say you practice gratitude how does that work for you (sighs) how does it work for me (laughs) (laughs) how I wish it worked for me is that I got up every morning meditated yeah um was grateful for everything every day um and I you know skip into an amazing circumstance every day, yeah. but that doesn't happen to me. <laughs> but what I've realized is that when I remember and have actions of gratitude, I always feel better. Yeah. I have a book that I read called Hardwiring Happiness. Okay. And it's based, it's done by a neuroscientist along with a psychologist. And they talk about the scientific ways that gratitude and looking at positive things or having these positive encounters actually change the way your brain functions. Mm -hmm. So I'm personally learning that, you know, looking on the bright side and being grateful, if I continue to do it as an action, will actually change my brain structures. So I'm trying to work on that more. 
Yeah, because I think sometimes we can wait till something bad happens to either us, close friends or family. And know that phrase of like, hug your family a bit tighter. And we think, oh, now I'm going to be positive. Whereas actually, we could probably do with every day being like, actually, today's been pretty good. I've got a roof over, especially when you look at what's going on in the world. I've got a roof over my head. You know, we had a nice meal. It's small things, isn't it? And that's exactly what this book talks about. It might be like observing the color of a leaf and that, oh, that green looks really green. Oh, that coffee smells really good. Or just little things that you move your brain to like see these bright moments all the time. And then it literally changes the way you perceive things. And hopefully the outcome of your life, maybe. I'm going to give that a go this week. (laughs) Seems It's, It's hard to do. Yeah, It's like, oh, it's raining outside. You go, Oh, it's raining outside. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Can I ask to go back to, you know, the advice coming from Joan Collins? Did you get starstruck meeting any of the people in your series or were you, do you not like that? I did get starstruck, but not in the way of like, oh my gosh, like this person I see on the TV all the time. There was something about certain people's auras that were like, oh my gosh, this is such an encounter to the point that I was brought to tears at one point in time. Yeah. And I couldn't explain why I felt emotional about meeting Baroness Floella Benjamin. And I was like, why, why am I crying? But there was something about her that just made me feel this depth of, of warmth that was like, like a warm hug. And even um, Dame Joan Collins, she was the first person I met. Really? And, you know, I've never interviewed before. I was Star Trek back then. (laughs) I think that's fair enough. We'll be back with more from Patricia after this. I'm still here with Patricia and I'm excited to hear you explain your fourth piece of advice. Tell me what it is. You can't control everything, so stay in control, which sounds like a bit of an oxymoron. Yes. So uh, why isn't it and how has it worked for you? Um, I think that it has worked for me in that I've learned that as much as I try to like plan things or I want things to go a certain way, it doesn't always go that way. And I think that's just life at this point in time. So that means that I can actually stay in control of myself. That's the only thing I can control and like accept things are just going to go a certain way, roll with it. And that's happened a lot. Like even as a parent Mm. that the kids are going to do what the kids are going to do. And if they get a cold, as much as I've had plans, you know, as much as I might want to go and do other things, I can't do that right now because my child might need me. Yeah. And that's okay. And I can stay in control at that point in time. Me and my friends always used to joke that if you wanted your kid to sleep during the day, make some plans because <laughs> then <laughs> they will have the longest nap they've ever had, won't they? I mean, parenthood really is a learning curve of you control nothing, isn't it? <laughs> nothing. And I kind of like that. Mm. Like I've, I've, I had to learn to accept that. I remember when my kids got, you know, they had a fever and they were sick mm. and it's like, well, all the plans I had, they're out the door. Cause I need to look after my child. And I loved that feeling of, you know what? You can let other things slip to do the thing that's in front of you or to take care of the person in front of you. Um, and that almost gave me a sense of you know, acceptance and control. Yeah. Sometimes it's freeing, isn't it? You feel like, oh, I've got so much to do. I'll never get anything done. And then you realize the littlest thing can actually mean get none of it done and everything's actually fine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. When you say you, you know, stay in control of yourself, are you quite a disciplined person? Are you 
quite focused you seem to be I want to be okay <laughs> you're putting it out there I, again <laughs> I'm putting it out there I want to be yeah. I um understand the principles of being disciplined and focused and I don't always succeed at it I can be very linear focused on certain things for certain periods of times like when I was building my channel mm. I would film every single weekend. That's it. I'm not going out. I'm not doing anything. This is what I do. This is who I am. But then once I get out of those intense moments, I'm a bit more carefree. And I think it's all about having a balance because I think being over-disciplined isn't that fun. Yeah. I think the pandemic as well has shown us all, you know, we don't really control anything. How did you find lockdown with kids and the pandemic I mean at least I guess work someone who works you know primarily for themselves from home might have been a bit easier for you was it or Uh, well I'd actually just had a baby so my baby was born in December and so we got into lockdown by the time she was three months old and she was really unwell so it was very difficult being at home with what is essentially a newborn and um, who was dealing with issues and there wasn't as much help as we needed but I actually loved the fact that it forced me to slow down I love the fact that I didn't have FOMO anymore and I could actually really bond with my family, even though we were going through those difficult times and, you know, we made it out. Yeah. And she's, she's okay now. She's okay. Yeah. She's okay. But you know, she she wasn't great uh, for a season at home and there wasn't much we could do when it came to like the doctors helping us. I was trying to learn a lot at home myself, like what to do with her because she has allergies. Yeah. But, you know, we made it out. It was a good thing for us. Yeah. Okay. So linked there to what you said is that your fifth piece of advice is that rest is as important as play. So Mm. is that something you've learned recently or has it always been the case for you? Um, It's something that I've learned over the years, especially in this world of like hustle culture and, you know, productivity. I think that it's also really productive to sleep. (laughs) and um, it's very powerful to do that and I think people don't like lean into sleep and rest as much as they should Ariana Huffington has a book called Thrive which is about rest Mm. and the importance of that and I think more and more I recognize that sometimes I just need to sleep and sleep on it and things usually get better after that that piece of rest and rested people I think are far more productive it's so interesting, isn't it? Because um, we talked to the psychotherapist Anna Martha on our uh, parenting channel, The Juggle, yesterday. And she was talking about making sure you get some rest. And you just think everyone awards you for hustling and get, doing things. No one ever says, well, actually, well done you because you took yourself out of that situation. You slept for 10 hours. There's no medals for rest on. <laughs> and it's so there frustrating. There should be. I said like sleep should be like a professional job for mm. certain people. Like people teaching us how to sleep better should be a job. It You can't be good if you don't get the rest that you need. And I think people need to tell people, go to bed, yeah. go and get a rest, take a day off and don't feel guilty about it. Because you see it with kids, don't you? So clearly it's written across their faces, the way they move their body. And you're like, okay, I know you need sleep, but we don't, we've hidden it now, haven't we? Yeah. Grown up. Yeah. Mm. But naps are good. I was going to say, are you a napper? We did Claudia Winkleman recently, who (sighs) is a queen napper. (laughs) I wish I, I can't nap. 
unfortunately. Mm. But I remember being at university and taking amazing naps, like all the time. Naps were so beautiful. Oh, yeah. But m- maybe on a Saturday I might get a nap or if my, my husband's around and he can take the kids and I'll try and squeeze a nap in. Yeah. But it's quite hard when you've got like responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah. When you think, oh yeah, the kid actually needs looking after. Yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> they really get in the way of or, our naps. Or having a nap with, with the kid is like a great idea depending on their ages. Yeah, although your brain does start to whirl, doesn't it? The minute they actually fall asleep, which is <laughs> always the worst. Your, exactly. your final piece of good advice is, I love this. Why look boring when you could look stunning? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Nicki Minaj. I yeah. think that's it anyway. It's why look simple when you could look stunning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it goes around on Instagram and on Twitter. And I just think it's so funny. And there are times where it's like, I want to be really boring and just put on a black outfit. Mm. And then I hear that statement. I'm like, okay, let's put some shiny earrings on or something or some sparkly shoes with that. Like, why not? Yeah. What does that do for you? Do you feel that inner confidence when you make that effort more? Or is it you just sometimes like looking nice? Is it not that deep? (laughs) Honestly, I think when you do dress up and, you know, put your glam on, you always feel better yeah. and you always feel better just because of the the time you put to yourself to make that effort on yourself. It's such a good confidence boost, but I try not to rely on that to feel confident. But yeah, why look boring when you can look stunning? Yeah. <laughs> do you have a go-to outfit or you do you like new stuff or do you have a go-to dress where you're like, I'll always feel good in this? Not really, you know, I just have a good old rummage through my wardrobe and then I like put some a lot of things on and see what looks best on that day and then I roll with it but I'm an accessories girl so I like bags and shoes okay I would definitely recommend I had a rummage through my wardrobe yesterday because I'm packing up at the moment and uh, after the pandemic I'd forgotten half the clothes I had that was stuffed back there so yeah yeah love that go through find some good stuff we always like to end on a bad piece of advice. It's something that gets passed around easily and people just kind of say it to you as if they're helping. But, you know, we don't always have to agree with what people say. So can you share what yours is? Mine is is a bit of relationship advice that people give, which is not to go sleep angry after an argument yeah. or something like that. And I just think that's a terrible idea <laughs> because I think that when people are heated trying to hash it out is maybe not the best thing to do. Whereas after a good sleep, a good rest, you wake up in the morning and you have a different perspective sometimes. Yeah, that's such a classic one, isn't it? And then, yeah, Yeah. you know, I don't know if anything good has ever been said after 1am in a fight, you know. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I'm like, really? This isn't working for us. (laughs) Yeah. Do you tend to process during your sleep? It sounds like you kind of always, you know, in the background of processing things and you wake up and things are always a bit clearer for you. I don't know if I'm processing when I'm sleeping, but I think I'm like, I'm really resting when I sleep. I really enjoy sleep. So when I get up, because I feel better and my brain's rested, I can probably process better in the morning and realize that was a silly argument or let's talk about it in this way. I'm far better in the morning than being tired or hungry. Yes. Yeah, the two worst combinations together. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today, Patricia. I've loved talking to you and your YouTube series. If I could tell you just one thing is out on Thursday 9th of September. Thank you so much. 
It was great to spend time with Patricia Bright. I hope you enjoyed that. I'll make the usual podcast plea. If you can, please rate and review Grazia Life Advice wherever you get your podcasts. I know you hear it a lot, but it really helps out. Take care and see you next time.